Welcome to Episode 7 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Today, Keith begins a series of conversations about discipleship. An effective discipleship process yields ministries that grow and flourish. Listen as Keith challenges our thinking, asks some hard questions, and shares his five M's of discipleship. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. Keith Tusi is the apostolic team leader of the Network of Related Pastors. He loves the church and its leaders. You will be empowered and equipped to walk in fruitful ministry as you listen to Keith put leadership truths in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at nrpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. Discipleship is like many things in the kingdom. It seems that everybody has a different definition of it. But let me make almost an outrageous claim to you. I believe if we have an effective discipleship process, and when I say effective, I mean consistent and predictable and something that we're really committed to, I believe our ministries will grow and flourish no matter what else is happening around us. I believe the key is really discipleship at the end of the day. Many years ago, when I was first starting in ministry, maybe that's not a fair statement, after I probably had my first season of ministry and really realized how critical discipleship was, that just filling church buildings with people was not the objective, I developed a five-pronged strategy for discipleship. I called it the five M's. I'm going to share them with you. And over the next couple weeks, I'm going to come back and revisit them. But I'm going to talk about the broader subject of discipleship in this podcast today. The five M's that I concentrated on were men, money, motives, marriage, and ministry. And this kind of became the theme of what I did. And it was actually part of my first apostolic ministry as well, as I would get invited out to places to teach on these subjects as a result of what we were doing on discipleship. But let's just go back to the to first base here. What is discipleship? Maybe that's something that you really need to answer in less than a paragraph, a couple sentences. Can you define what discipleship is, and are you defining it that way clearly and repeatedly at all times? Recently, I heard somebody say when talking about small groups, that a church had to make a decision as to whether they were going to be evangelism-based small groups or discipleship-based small groups. And my ears really perked up with this because I think that is technically a theological flaw. I'm not saying you couldn't be more evangelistically motivated or more discipleship motivated in any context, but to exclude evangelism from the heart of discipleship, I think is a gross error It has been repeated in many places. And I will tell you this, that I made that very error at the same time I was teaching those five M's. And here's the reason I made that error. I went on the premise that quality, meaning quality of men, quality of life, quality of testimony, quality of lifestyle, would automatically produce quantity. You'll notice in those five M's, there's nothing about evangelism. The reason there wasn't was in my thinking, if we just did those things, then there would be a fragrance, there would be a reproduction. And that is true to some degree. 
But the truth is that evangelism is something that needs to be integrated as the end result, I believe, of all discipleship. And so to separate evangelism and discipleship, I believe, is a huge error that will lead us down a path where we might really build up some quality people with character, but never cause them or really help them to reproduce. So please don't make the same assumption that I made. I think maybe we make that assumption in many areas of church life. I think one of the key things to define in discipleship is what is the end result? What does it look like when a person is discipled? Not that that process is ever completely finished, but what does it look like? And I think the issue of reproduction, of bringing new people into the kingdom, of John 15 fruit that bears more fruit has got to be part of it. And I think we need to tell people that on the front end. Actually, I think we might induce more men into the rigors of character building and discipleship if, in fact, they believe they could be made into effective witnesses. Because the truth is, the mark of a person that's been genuinely born again is they want to lead other people to Christ. And there's nothing more effective in discipleship because it takes your eyes off just of yourself and puts it on the harvest. So I believe the discipleship process doesn't just need to be initiated like it's some winding road, which obviously does have its twists and turns, but the end result must be a character that is competent to reproduce because it has an evangelistic, not just heart, but evangelistic equipping. So let me sum this up again. Quality will not necessarily reproduce quantity unless there is clear direction. I think we could use this illustration. If somebody just had a good job and made good money, that doesn't mean they'd make good money decisions because they'd need training to go along with that. So I think sometimes we're emphasizing character Uh, Not that you can overemphasize that, certainly, but to the exclusion of what is the end result of that character. The end result of that character is not that I can have a nice life and everything will be just wonderful for me, but the end result is it will affect other people. So my curriculum was lacking there. So let's just look at these five M's again, because I think they could really help you in developing a discipleship process. Number one was men. In other words, I focused on the difference between men and women. I unapologetically declared that God had established male leadership both in the house of God and in the home. We talked a lot about money. If you want to disciple somebody, you have to disciple their money. Their their money has to come under the kingdom government of God. And this is well beyond tithing. I think we're just a a one a one trick pony if the only thing we talk about is tithing when it comes to money so i tried to build in them a good financial philosophy of believing god of being a good steward of what god had given them of using their resources wisely we spent time the third m was motives just talking about motives what is my motive for wanting to be spiritual what is my motive for wanting things to be right in my life? Is it just so I can eat my own fruit? 
and this is where you could really bring evangelism in. I think we touched on it when I did these, but honestly, I believe it was too weak. And so we could talk about the motive of evangelism there. The fourth M was marriage, how critical that is. And that's where the discipleship process is first repeated. The wife ought to be the number one disciple of her husband, without a doubt. He ought to be ministering to her and mentoring her and blessing her and causing her to bear fruit. And uh, that is something that will definitely be reproductive. And then the third or the fifth item was ministry. What really is ministry? This is where you get into things like servanthood. Uh, This ties back into motives. Uh, It also can very affirm men that aren't called the fivefold ministry, but are called to be entrepreneurs, called to be educators, called to be craftsmen, that they indeed are in ministry. Just a fresh look at what ministry really looks like. So let's just rehash this a little bit. Number one, what is your definition of discipleship? If I ask the men around you that you're discipling, would they have the same answer? Maybe it's time just to clarify that. And while we understand that discipleship is indeed a lifelong process, I think you eat the elephant one bite at a time. And so that means we're going to do four weeks on this, we're going to do six weeks on that, we're going to do three weeks on this, whatever it may be. And that's critical. I would also emphasize that discipleship is not merely a classroom activity, although I think it really is a classroom activity. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.2 that Timothy should emulate the things that he had seen and heard from the Apostle Paul. So that meant that he had to be alongside them. So not just one-on-one you know, coffee time, which is great, that's critical, I believe, group time where you're teaching, but also activity time where they see you in action beyond the walls of the church. Some of the greatest discipleship things we ever did were things like on mission trips, or compassion ministries, or even going out door-to-door witnessing, or or uh, opportunity witnessing, going into the malls or whatever it may be, letting them see their pastor, the person that was mentoring them, share their faith, and believing that they could certainly do the same thing. So the discipleship process should be, I believe, threefold. It should be classroom, it should be one-on-one, and it should be life experience. And of course, then the next phase is where that person is repeating that and they're doing the same thing. So when you're defining what discipleship is, I'd like you to think of those three sprockets of it and then begin to think and clear with your guys that the end result is that you want them to reproduce John 15 fruit that does not fall from the vine. Now those five M's I gave you I believe, could really be uh, resurrected and used in a fresh way to have some type of an outline to use where you know that you're covering the same material with each class and each group, even if you do it in a little different way. And that it enables them to repeat it. Because if you don't have a template, you can't repeat it. Some pastors, some mentors are very good at discipleship and they're intuitive about it. Uh, but they're not strategic about it, meaning that they, in that situation, can impart, but because they're not strategic, the person they're imparting to can't necessarily repeat that same 
that same process. So I would encourage you just take a hard look at this discipleship question and ask yourself, how clear is it to you, number one? Number two, how clear is it to them? And number three, have you a strategic approach to it? Uh, I believe these things are all very critical. And last but not least, let me leave you with this. No matter what size your church is, no matter how busy you are or busy you aren't, if I could use that bad word, there are people there that you can be investing in in discipling. It's not where a person is at. It's what direction they're moving in. I believe that is the key to discipleship. Thanks for sharing this time with me. God bless you. Today, Keith started the conversation about discipleship. Discipleship is key to a growing and flourishing ministry. The end result should be reproduction. Quality will not necessarily reproduce quantity unless there is clear direction. Keith ended with three critical questions we need to answer. How clear is the discipleship process to you? How clear is the process to those who are discipling? And what is your strategic approach to discipleship? Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out the blog at innerpastors.com backslash blog. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.